0: the most accurate podcast my name is anthony stalter joined as always by john paulson a lot to get to on this week nine podcast so uh john first of all how you doing and then second of all tell us about the music and then we'll, we'll dive right in
1: i'm doing i'm doing pretty good i got some positive and negative feedback on my uh, packer rant on the twitter or uh, on the twitter, on the twitter. <laughs> this week so
0: in the twitter sphere
1: in the twitter sphere sure uh so but I've i recovered my voice I think is a little bit better. It's not good. It's not it's not an Anthony Stalter radio voice. <laughs> but it's better for me, relatively speaking. It's you know better
0: what? For me. You have the good content though. That's that's all that matters. That's that's you drive you drive good content, so that's why people are here. Um uh music.
1: And then we yes. got t
0: shirt then we got t shirt promotion.
1: Yes. Uh I actually was looking at for a song today and I was like, Oh, I wonder if I had put this particular feature this particular song on the podcast i thought i had but i apparently i hadn't uh the name of the song is "Bra," b-r-a it's the seventh track uh by an, on a uh, self-titled album by samand uh, c-y-m-a-n-d-e uh the album came out in 1972 it's like my favorite funk track of all time uh, so i'm going to add that to the most accurate podcast playlist which you can find a link to. Uh, in any of the podcast posts on the four four dot com website, you might be able to find it in Spotify as well. I, I know the search doesn't always bring stuff up, uh, so if you if you can't find it there, go go to the website and you'll be able to find a, a podcast post there to uh, to find the, uh, the playlist.
0: All right, I mentioned that we got a t-shirt promotion. We're giving away a 4-for-4 t-shirt. All you have to do is go to iTunes, leave us a review on the podcast between now and next Thursday. We'll draw the winner Friday morning. It's that simple. So if you just do that, go to iTunes, leave us a review, tell us what you like about the podcast or things that you want to see maybe improved or added. You could... Win it! You got an opportunity to win a free T-shirt, four for four T-shirt. So again, do that between now and next Thursday. We appreciate all reviews, regardless of you win the T-shirt, regardless of even if you want the four for four T-shirt. Uh, we always love the feedback here on the podcast. So appreciate you doing so in advance. If you do, tell you uh, let, let's tell you about League Sync as well. Don't forget we have that League Sync app. All you do is go to your app store and search for four for four or League Sync existing pro and dfs subscribers can get full access to the app's feature everyone else receives a seven-day free trial what it is is you sync league sync with your fantasy league whether it's yahoo or espn or whatever it is and league sync does the hard work for you in terms of finding the best options for you on the waiver wire it will tell you what the projection is for a guy on the waiver wire compared to what you have on your bench it's a nice way to uh, couple that with john 's rankings and find out what what avenue you can, you know, you can you can approach here to, to get the, the, the best and the most high scoring team. I find it ex- specifically useful when it comes to kickers and defenses if you 're not paying attention uh, that much to the defense and how they're scoring League sync is great for that as well as setting up the rest of your lineup. John, we got three trades to get to. We're going to skip Thursday night football. Nick Mullins was great. Oakland's horrible. That's all you need to know there. (laughs) Three trades. Demarius Thomas went from the Broncos to the Texans, which is ironic because the two teams are playing this week in Denver. So the Texans acquired Thomas from the Broncos in exchange for a fourth-round pick. The teams also swapped seventh-round picks. This is a quarterback upgrade going from Case Keenum to Demarius Thomas, and obviously no Will Fuller now who tore his ACL. Kind of a nice landing spot for Thomas. So talk about the impact there. And then on the other side, Cortland Sutton. What's what's the upside for him now that Thomas is no longer getting targets in Denver?
1: Yeah, I like that you mentioned the quarterback upgrade. that You and I have been working together for a while now because I always talk about the receivers when they change teams in the offseason as a free agent. They typically will not score as well as they did with their old team, unless they're getting a a promotion in terms of targets, uh, an increase in targets, or they're getting an upgraded quarterback. And, uh, if they can get both, then that's when I start to rank them higher than where they were the previous season, uh, mid season, uh, mid season trades are even worse. I would say in terms of, you know, expecting the receiver to go in and all of a sudden light it up. They really need both of those things an upgrade in targets and upgraded quarterback. I, for me to feel confident in them outperforming where they were with the previous team. I, I did get some pushback on this in terms of Demaryius Thomas and you know, going from Case Keenum to Deshaun Watson is a big difference. But the, the, the point that I would make is that he's joining uh, a team that or a receiving core that is dominated by DeAndre Hopkins and all the targets that he gets uh, Kiki uh, QT also uh, sees quite a few targets. If you think back to what Will Fuller was seeing in terms of his targets with a healthy Hopkins and a healthy QT, uh, that's what's sort of what we can expect for, for Demarius Thomas. Uh, you know, I think Fuller should have been getting more work at that point, but he wasn't. So, you know, for a guy to come in and, and to really push QT out of the way as the number two option, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So I'd be a little worried about Demarius Thomas. I think he'd be an okay I mean you could pick him up and see what happens. I mean there is a path to where he's Uh, the number two option there, especially if QT can't get healthy. Uh, He's been dealing with a hamstring injury, but apparently this last one wasn't a big, uh, big setback. So I think he's expected to play this week. Um, As for Sutton, this obviously is huge for him. Uh, He was playing quite a bit in terms of snaps. He was seeing a decent amount of targets, 4.6 targets per game, playing 69% of the snaps now I think he plays over 80% of the snaps. Maybe he starts to uh, approach an average of 7 to 8 targets per game, and if he's getting that sort of workload, he should be able to produce. Not real uh, efficient right now with his targets and uh, catches. He has 17 catches on 37 targets, but he's averaging 19.1 yards per uh, per catch. Uh, I know early in the season he was leading the team in air yards. I think over the last uh, few weeks that has sort of evened out. Uh so they are taking shots to him deep and obviously with this yards per catch, uh he's made some big plays. Um I think with Thomas gone, we, he's gonna turn into a, a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside depending on his matchup in any given week.
0: Golden Tate was also acquired from the uh acquired by the Eagles from the Lions, and that's not necessarily, I mean, maybe it's a small quarterback upgrade, but more importantly here, Golden Tate's just a really good player, and he's underrated, and he uh, does an excellent job after the catch. He lands with the Eagles, so there's a couple of things here. One want to talk about Golden Tate, but also, how about Nelson Aguilar? Is he, is he the one that figures to lose targets and opportunities now that Golden Tate's going to get a lot of work in the slot?
1: Yeah, this is a, a good upgrade for Carson Wentz, so I like it from that aspect of it, but You know, you're bringing in a a slot guy who's used to getting 9.9 targets per game. That's what he's been seeing in Detroit this year. I don't see any really any way for him to get those that sort of target share uh, in Philly with Alshon Jeffrey, Aguilar, Zach Ertz, uh, all there. Uh, Jordan Matthews is actually playing pretty well. He had a good game uh, in London last week. So, uh, I for from a Tate standpoint, I, I have to see this as a downgrade. I mean, you know, maybe the. The uh, the the efficiency or the, the value of the target is a little bit a little bit higher from Stafford to Wentz. I, I calculated it as one point seven six fantasy points per pass attempt for, for Stafford to one point eight two for Wentz. So it's not a big upgrade in terms of uh, the quality of the targets. Uh, so Tate's down a little bit, and then you look at Aguilar, who is he's been running about sixty one percent of his uh, targets or his routes in the slot. So Tate is really a slot guy. So I would think that this push Aguilar pushes him outside. You know, he kind of had a He had a kind of a blow up season last year. He had a breakout season because of his play in the slot. So I wonder how he's going to fare outside uh, with Alshon Jeffrey on the other side, but that's a really nice receiving core now with those three plus Zach Ertz. You really have to like, uh, like it for Wentz and as in, in Detroit, um, you got Galladay and you got Marvin Jones. I think they both are, for upgraded, and then you really don't know at this point who that third receiver is going to be. There was uh, some talk that it might be the uh, rookie uh, pulling up his – pulling up the depth chart right now to get that name. Brandon Powell was the guy that was kind of being pumped by the Detroit Free Press, I believe. But it's been TJ Jones recently that's played when Tate's been out or limited or when they've missed a receiver. It's been TJ Jones playing quite a bit in the slot, so we'll see. Uh, what what their snap share is? It's a downgrade for Matthew Stafford, uh, but an upgrade for both Galladay and Jones.
0: One more trade to get to. You speculated on Monday during that during your rant that maybe Ty Montgomery would be released. He wasn't released. The, the Packers actually got a seventh round pick out of him. He goes to the Baltimore Ravens. And I guess the the, the fantasy aspect here is what does this do for Aaron Jones now that Ty Montgomery isn't siphoning some uh, catches in that that three, three-headed three monster backfield that Green Bay used to have.
1: Yeah, in Baltimore, I would say that his skill set most closely resembles uh, Buck Allen, Javorius Allen. I think uh, Alex Collins is fairly safe in terms of his workload, and he's coming out of his bye. I mean, they play Pittsburgh this week, which isn't a great matchup, then they have a bye next week, and then after his bye, he's got a great uh, set of matchups. So I think Collins is a, is a player that could offer you know, low-end RB one, high-end RB two numbers uh, after their buy week ten buy. So uh, in the big impact though is in Green Bay, as you mentioned, they were already showing signs that they were going to hand the keys to Aaron Jones. He came after the after the buy. He played sixty-two percent of the snaps against the Rams. He was in the twenty-five to thirty-eight percent range in the three games prior to the buy. So what's funny is that this all kind of came full circle because Jones came out of the bye playing a lot more. Montgomery dropped his snaps dropped to 12% after playing 26 to 37% of the snaps in the three weeks prior. So he gets all mad, throws his helmet around the sideline and then goes out there and brings the ball out of the end zone only to fumble and essentially lose the game for the Packers. So then he gets traded, which is only going to (laughs) boost Jones's stock further. So it all sort of wraps in around itself like a snake eating its own tail or something. So anyway, <laughs> I think Jones has a chance. I mean, I don't know that I don't know that Mike McCarthy is going to give him enough work to post RB1 numbers. But he's averaging uh, 6.23 yards per carry. Uh, he was 5.53 last year on 81 carries. So we've got a pretty good sample size now that he's a great running back in terms of just running the ball. He looks a little rough in the passing game, but they are—they did target him twice against the Rams. Um, Jamal Williams will still be involved. He's the better pass protector. He's—he's uh, he's made some big games as a receiver as well, so I think he'll be sprinkled in. If the Packers fall behind, you might see more Williams and you do Jones. But if—if if running is still on the table for them, he's just clearly better. He's averaging like two yards more per carry than, or actually almost three yards more more per carry than Jamal Williams. So they need to be feeding in the ball early and often
0: speaking of Alex Collins and speaking of the Ravens let's jump into some injuries here we'll start off with Collins he did return to practice on Friday he's dealing with a foot injury but according to ESPN Ravens reporter Jamison Hensley Collins looks like he's ready to play against the Steelers on Sunday is he an RB2 yeah
1: I would say low-end RB2 it's a tough matchup against the Steelers but he should play which is which is good news for his owners
0: all right, Dalvin Cook doesn't look like he's ready to come back quite yet. It's also it's going to be the uh, Latavius Murray show again uh, when the Vikings play the Detroit Lions at home. What do you think about Murray?
1: Yeah, he's practicing. Uh, Cook is practicing. Made it sound like he didn't know if he was going to play or not. But you know, Murray's running well. Uh, this is a game they can win without him against Detroit. Uh, Detroit's thirtieth and adjusted fantasy points a lot against the running back. So. Uh, Murray is a top 10 running back for me this week, and I would be really surprised if they if they ran Cook out there a week before their bye. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Melvin Gordon two weeks ago was a surprise inactive against the um, Titans in London. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, but he practiced again on Thursday. Even though he's a limited participant, it looks like Melvin Gordon should play when the Chargers travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, this is one to pay attention to because – he came out of the bye and wasn't full. So we gotta keep an eye on this this injury. But right now it looks like he's gonna play and I have him in the rankings. If he's out, obviously Austin Eckler is gonna shoot up our rankings.
0: Sony Michelle had the knee injury that kept him out of the game against Buffalo on Monday night. He remained limited on practice on Thursday. The Patriots mixed in not only James White and Kenyon Barner, they also got Cordero Patterson who's primarily a wide receiver involved in the running game. Uh, this is all obviously a situation to monitor. But if Michael does play, is he a low end RB one in your in your eyes?
1: Yeah, I'd have to correct your pronunciation on this. Isn't it Sony Michelle? What did I say? Michael.
0: Oh, no, did I? I'm sorry, Sony Michelle. Jeez, sorry. I'm doing I'm doing like a million things at once here. Sorry about that. Yeah, Sony Michelle.
1: No, I just wanted to be the one correcting the pronunciation no, yeah. for once. No, you're you're 100 right. Yeah,
0: I can't believe did I say Michael twice too?
1: I don't know. I just heard it the last time. I just oh, felt like geez. I had to jump on you for yeah, that. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> okay. No problem. Anyway, I think he'll probably play. Uh, the The knee injury was thought to be serious initially, and that turned out not to be so serious. He was practicing last week, and ultimately didn't play. And I think you know the extra week here probably uh, makes him active this Sunday. But the the issue is that it's Sunday night, and the uh, the Patriots are pretty tight lipped about uh, injury. So hopefully we get a Schefter at Rappaport tweet. Uh, on Sunday morning or Saturday night, telling us what's going to happen here with this backfield. If he's out, I would look for Cordell Patterson again to lead this team in carries. Uh, he surprisingly lined up in the backfield a lot and got quite a few touches. I don't know that they're gonna, he's going to be fantasy startable. Uh, it's probably going to be James White show for the most part because he'll get six to eight carries and then all those receptions. Um, but Patterson will certainly be involved. And it looked like Kenjan Barner was like an afterthought in that in that backfield.
0: Okay, so what do you think about Sony Michael's opportunity to play? <laughs> that's the question that's who i asked you about not not sony michelle uh moving on chris thompson he remained sidelined on practice for on thursday he's still dealing with the ribs injury doesn't look like he's going to play against the falcons john
1: yeah this is disappointing because this was a game where his skill set might be utilized if the the redskins fall behind um you might see a lot more chris thompson what's been happening lately is that they've been competitive and going run heavy with adrian Peterson. uh and so Thompson hasn't had a chance to uh, really get into the flow of the game or, you know, get into two-minute drills or catch-up mode. So right now I have, still have him in the rankings, but if he's out, I, I mean, I think it's really the, the best for Adrian Peterson. Maybe uh, Capri Bibbs gets a few touches, but I, I wouldn't feel real confident starting him. I think this is kind of the Adrian Peterson show right now, as long as this game stays close. And uh, if it gets out of hand, they have been throwing – Peterson's not good at catching the ball and, you know – receiving the ball in the backfield, turning up field, but he's okay. And if they get him enough space, then he can make a guy miss and do what he does in the running game. Um, so I think he's the main beneficiary if, if Thompson's out. I think he just sees a lot of touches against Atlanta.
0: Yeah, the Falcons have not been good against any any opponent really, but the running game specifically has given them a lot of trouble. Tight ends have given him a lot of trouble. So this is a really nice wa- uh, matchup for Washington's offense. Let's talk about some wide receivers now. Geronimo Allison, Apparently injured his groin in Thursday's practice, that was according to coach Mike McCarthy. This is a new addition behind Allison's uh, already lingering hamstring issue. Your thoughts on uh Valdez scantling or St. Brown?
1: Yeah, I think I mean I have I had Valdez scantling ranked ahead of Allison and Cobb already. Uh it just seems like he's the one that's trending up right now. Uh, you know, 7 for 68 and a touchdown against Detroit on 10 targets. 3-for-103 on six targets against San Francisco Then the bye week. And then he had uh, five targets against the Rams, caught two for 45 and a touchdown, he had a great touchdown catch, great route that he uh, ran against the uh, the Rams there in the second half um, late in the game. Uh, played 60% of the snaps. So if Allison's out, I think he now moves up to 70 80% of the snaps with, with Cobb getting a bump as well. Maybe St. Brown plays a little bit more than what he did, but he was dealing with an injury as well last week was questionable against the Rams and ultimately did play a little bit. Uh, if Allison is out, I would look at Val- Valdez-Scantling as like a wide receiver three. Maybe Cobb is like a low-end wide receiver four.
0: Stefan Diggs, owners, could be in uh, trouble if he doesn't practice on Friday. He remains sidelined and practice on Thursday. He's dealing with ribs injuries. He says he absolutely expects to play against the Lions, but if he doesn't practice on Friday, John, how confident are you that he will suit up?
1: Uh. That'll be another one of these you know, tweets from, from Schefter telling us whether or not the guy's expected to play or not. I mean, these guys are plugged in, uh, Schefter and uh, Rappaport, and they come up with this stuff on Saturday night and have a pretty good track record when it comes to predicting who's going to play, who's not going to play. And if they don't know, they don't usually tweet. They don't say anything. So uh, I, I would expect him to come back and play at least to get a limited practice in today. If he doesn't, I'd be worried. Uh, but he you know, his own words are that he uh expectfully expects to play. Uh but players are always more optimistic than reality when it comes to uh you know o- overcoming these injuries. I don't think he really missed many snaps against the Saints. He played eighty eight percent of the snaps, so he played pretty much a full complement of snaps. And if a player finishes the game uh the previous week, I usually just uh, keep him in the rankings until they're ruled out uh or it's pretty obvious they're not gonna play.
0: Uh, another top wide receiver, Mike Evans. He returned to a limited practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a knee injury. looks like he's going to suit up against the Panthers. And if he does, he's going to be blocked in as a wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, he's 7 for 107 on 11 targets in, against Cleveland. 6 for 179 and a touchdown on 13 targets against Cincinnati. I'm uh, pretty sure he caught his touchdown from Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was Deshaun Jackson that got the touchdown from uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, so he's trending up here as well, in a couple hundred yard games, and uh, is playing well. Uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers are ninth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, so this will be their as a team the toughest uh, matchup so far this year. Uh, Chicago is actually back in week four, 16th in that metric, so and Cincinnati was eleventh. So I don't, I wouldn't worry too much about the matchup with these with these receivers. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick and Winston, you know, slinging the ball over the place. Uh, the defense isn't very good, so they're going to give up points and ultimately going to have to throw the ball. Uh, so I like uh, Evans as a top-10 type play, and uh, Deshaun Jackson is a top-20-25 20, play, and, and Chris Godwin maybe top-35.
0: Looks like Cooper Cup is going to return to action against the Saints. They, the Rams expect him to play. He's returning off the knee injury. If he does, I was looking at the over-under for this game, John. It's 59-and-a-half, which is really high for an NFL game. So if Cooper Cup is... Ready to go? Then uh, he's he's a must add. I think that's going to be a shootout.
1: Yeah, it's the thirty second That's the Saints are in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, two wide receivers. Uh, Cup would be matched up in this slot primarily with PJ Williams, who has the highest fantasy points per target of any of the um, Saints cornerbacks. So that's he's got the best matchup of anybody uh, in that receiving core prior to his injury in Week Six. So he he was up against Chris Harris uh against Denver he had no catches one target 38% of the snaps prior to getting injured uh so that was a bad game for him but prior to that 4 for 71 a touchdown on six targets against the Chargers in week 3 9 for 162 and two touch and two touchdowns on 11 targets against Minnesota in week 4 and then 6 for 90 and a touchdown on nine targets against Seattle in week 5 so You know, the knee injury is a little bit worrisome, but the matchup and his production just, you know, makes him a pretty solid wide receiver too.
0: Tyreek Hill did practice in full on Wednesday, but he was downgraded to limited on Thursday. What do you make of this?
1: Uh, This might be them just, uh, just the Chiefs being them, uh, just sort of limiting his snaps on Thursday. So this is another one where we have to see what he does on Friday. And then uh, if he's full or or limited, I think he's good to go. Uh, If he's out, then we got to see what, what's going on and, and wait for another tweet from uh, our man uh, Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or whoever to to sort of clear the uh, clear it up for us uh, before Sunday morning.
0: Kenny Stills did not practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a groin injury. Devontae Parker coming off that big game against the Texans last Thursday night. What do you think about him in a potential matchup with the Jets?
1: Yeah, Stills and uh, the two injuries, I mean, they weren't really big Fantasy stars at this point, Kenny Stills and Torrey Smith, but their injuries impact and bring other players into the light uh, in terms of snaps and targets and everything. Devontae Parker had a great game. If Stills is out, you're looking at Parker and Danny Amendola as probably the top two receivers there for, for Miami. And then uh, the Torrey Smith's injury there, in Cal- uh, Carolina opened up all those snaps for DJ Moore. He ended up being a sneaky start this week for me, uh, given all that extra uh work that he saw he, his snaps jumped up into the 70s i think he saw a bunch of targets and a bunch of touches he had a couple of runs i think 30 plus yards and rushing as well uh so i you know i like him a lot against tampa as as a guy you can pick up off the waiver wire in some leagues max my son just picked him up today and uh was going to plug him into his lineup uh, starting lineup this week it's not the most competitive league but it's 12 teams so you know i know there's people out there that have more on their waiver wire they can pick him up and start him this week
0: Rob Gronkowski is expected to practice on Friday, which is good. He, he was downgraded to did not practice on Thursday, but might have just been a situation where the, the Patriots are trying to keep him healthy for that big matchup on Sunday night with the Packers.
1: Yeah, I got a new conversation about Gronk uh, on, on, in the Twitterverse uh, once again. Uh, you know, everybody's disappointed in him. He's, his production has not been there, being the number one tight end off the board. Uh, I think I had Travis Kelsey ranked higher. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I worry about <laughs> I worried about Gronk and his injuries, and the other issue with Gronk is that his production is like twenty, thirty percent lower when Julian Edelman is in the lineup, and the two of them have you know over the last couple three years played some games together, but quite, played quite a few games without each other, and when one of them's out, the other one is blowing up. So with, when they're both healthy. They both are downgraded a little bit, and it's actually been Edelman who's been playing better and scoring more touchdowns uh, than Gronk. I mean, at this point, Gronk has one touchdown. He really should have three or four already based on his touchdowns per game rate. Uh, you know, his numbers aren't bad. 6.1 targets per game. He's got He's averaging 64 yards receiving per game, four catches. You know, really what's holding him back is the fact that he doesn't have a couple, couple three touchdowns. He's the tight end, number eight on the year, and I think he just... If you have him, unless you are sitting on uh, another really good tight end, I think you have to keep starting him and and, and wait for those big blow-up games. And, and hopefully he can uh, maybe get healthy week 11 by and come out strong week 12 through week 16 and, and help you uh, win a fashion championship.
0: Let's do some sneaky starts. Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco are the two quarterbacks you like this week.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go to the <laughs> Baker Mayfield well again. Um it's a I mean he did have two touchdowns against uh the Steelers last week and he ended up with uh he had two touchdowns, he ended up with fourteen point one fantasy points against the 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 Bucks in a nice matchup there. I think I had him in sneaky starts again, again there. Two hundred and fifteen yards passing, two touchdowns, forty three yards rushing, he ended up with twenty point nine fantasy points. It's another good matchup against uh the Chiefs this week. The twenty eighth and adjusted fantasy points allowed uh to quarterbacks. The game is at home, which I think helps because the Chiefs' defense plays a lot better in Kansas City. Uh, This game is probably going to be fairly high scoring. The Chiefs are probably going to jump out to a lead, so I think uh, Mayfield's going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. Uh, The other guy, uh, Joe Flacco, his game's at home again. He's got pretty stark home-away splits. He's not as stark as necessarily as Ben Roethlisberger, but um, pretty stark. He's, he's, He's better at home than he is on the road. Uh, His best game of the year came against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, 363 yards and two touchdowns earlier in the season. So I think he uh, ends up having a pretty good game, and he's he's being ranked pretty low, uh, like a low-end QB2. I think he's more of a uh, mid-range QB2 this week.
0: So you like three running backs. Which three do you like?
1: Yeah, I wanted to mention Isaiah Crowell. I've noticed that he is being... um, Ranked pretty low uh, by my peers, and that's fine. They can do what they want. Uh, I look at him as a guy who has the backfield, not to himself, but pretty much to himself in terms of carries. Trenton Cannon is there. They have a, a Elijah uh, Elijah McGuire, who might be activated this week and used. Uh, but Crowell should should see, in a, in a game against the, the Dolphins, who are 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, he should see 15-plus carries in this game, and we know he can blow up. So, you know, he had the ten for one hundred and two uh, and two touchdowns against Detroit. That was a nice matchup. But the last game against Miami, didn't, he didn't do very well. Twelve for thirty-five. But I think he bounces back this week. Sixteen for thirty-four and two touchdowns against his old team, uh, the Browns, in week three. Uh, Fifteen for two hundred and nineteen and a touchdown against Denver in week five. Uh, so, uh, I, I like him. If you have him, I think he's a pretty solid start. Now he's been up and down this year. I like the matchup quite a bit, and I think the workload will be there with Paul out. Uh, the other two guys, Peyton Barber, uh, we're I think we're back on the Peyton Barber train with Ronald <laughs> Jones out. Uh, Barber, it's not a great matchup against uh, the Panthers, but he should see the you know the majority of the touches. Jaquiz Rogers will be involved a little bit if if Barber struggles. I don't think he's a I don't think Barber's a great start. I have him ranked as like an RB three flex type, uh, but he should have a like a 12 to 15 touch floor there and finally Duke Johnson you know with a new offensive coordinator in there they cleaned house Hugh Jackson's out Uh, Todd Haley's out maybe they get Duke Johnson more involved in this offense at the very least he's the better receiver between him and Nick Chubb and if if the Chiefs jump out Chiefs jump out to a lead then I think Duke Johnson uh, you know could see five to seven catches in in catch-up mode
0: one of the games that I mentioned earlier was Saints and Rams and how it had a point total of uh, – an over-under total of 59 and a half, and you like one of the wide receivers on one of the sides here as a sneaky start.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Triquan Smith, you know, maybe we've been a little bit early early with him, thinking that he was going to, to blow up. But sometimes – I mentioned it with Josh Reynolds, I think, last week on the pod, that sometimes you think that, 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 run, that whoever – receiver running back who gets plugged in He's going to have that big game immediately, and he ends up having it later. And Reynolds ended up having the two touchdowns against the Packers the week after you know people kind of jumped on the bandwagon with Cooper Cup out. So Traquan Smith didn't do it in the second week. You know, he he had three for 111 and two touchdowns against Washington in week five, with Ted Ginn, you know, Gempy playing sixty-seven percent of the snaps. Uh, against the Ravens, 3-for-44 on six targets, 73% of the snaps. And Minnesota, 3-for-18 on four targets, 77% of the snaps. Baltimore is very good defensively. Minnesota's kind of been up and down this year, but did a pretty good job on him. That game uh, didn't uh, kind of help him game flow-wise. They, the Saints had a lead the whole time, so they weren't really having to push the ball down the field. But I think uh, this week against the Rams, the Rams are going to put up some points. They're struggling at cornerback with injury, so I think this is a pretty good game uh, for Troy t- Quan Smith maybe to catch a long touchdown.
0: And you also like two other wide receivers?
1: I wouldn't say I like them. I don't, <laughs> it's not overstate. <laughs> They're sneaky. Uh, Paul They're Richardson, sneaky and, yeah, Paul Richardson and Josh Dotson against your. I mean, I had to mention them against your Falcons. Sure. Thirtieth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers uh Dotson is leading the team in air yards I think Richardson is a little more trustworthy has been more productive but you know one of these two guys should have a pretty good game I don't know which one but one of them should they've the Falcons have given up receiving yards you know they're they're handing them out like it's Halloween candy right now I mean Odell Beckham, eight for 143 and a touchdown, five for 167 for Stealing Shepard, six for 56 and a touchdown to Chris Godwin, four for 77 to Deshaun Jackson, three for 82 to Adam Prekin Humphreys, six <laughs> for 102 and two touchdowns to Antonio Brown, uh four for 34 and a touchdown to Juju Smith Schuster just in recent weeks. Uh, so I think this is a, a spot where you know maybe Alex Smith has to throw the ball a little bit more. The Atlanta offense is putting up some points, and and maybe these receivers uh, you know wake up and, and give us some good fantasy lines.
0: And by the way, I just saw that Robert Alford, who is their number two cornerback, is out. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's comical how many players are out uh, on defense for the Falcons, but even on offense with Freeman out, they're down to like the third string left guard. I mean, it's just it's one of those years where they can't stay healthy. Couple of tight ends that you like, including the pharmacist.
1: Yep. We're gonna we're gonna make this a nickname for him. Ed Dixon. Gonna go down to see Ed Dixon at the pharmacy, pick up my prescription. <laughs> He's back. Uh and they they signed him to solve their issue at tight end once Jimmy Graham left. Uh Nick Vinette's been playing quite a bit. He I think he outsnapped Dixon. So this is not a no-brainer type start. I mean, Dixon is still working his way back. He might end up being the, the second tight end if they like Vanette better. Uh, but in his first game back against Detroit, he caught two passes on two targets for 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they have a decent matchup against the Chargers. Uh, 15th in adjusted fancy points allowed to tight end. So I think this is a decent uh, kind of spot start dart throw at tight end. The other guy I like uh, is a little bit is Hayden Hurst. Uh, for the Ravens, he's been trending up a little bit with his snaps, 24%, 24%, 27%, and then 44% last week against Carolina. He caught two passes for 29 yards and a touchdown on three targets. Uh, but the Pittsburgh is 21st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, I think they want to get their first-round pick involved and you know get that solution that they've been looking for at the tight end position. They drafted Max Williams, and that didn't pan out. Uh, they've been looking for somebody since Dennis Pitta, Uh, left, retired, so uh, Hurst is, again, this is not safe uh, by any means. He only saw three targets last week, played half the snaps, not even, uh, but he's a pretty gifted athlete and uh, can make some plays in the passing game if he gets the opportunity against the Steelers.
0: All right, John. Great stuff as always. Remember to review the podcast on iTunes and you can win a free 4 for 4 t-shirt. Just leave us a, a review and then we'll do a, a drawing next next week. So make sure you do so between now and Thursday of next week because we'll draw on Friday. Also, 4 for 4 cut the prices for our rest of season subscriptions. You can get a classic subscription for $14 now. It's nothing for the rest of the year. A pro subscription for only $29 and a DFS subscription for $59. Plus, if you use that that code TMAP, you get an additional 10% off. So make sure you use that code TMAP, get an additional 10% off. Follow John on Twitter at 444 four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Until next time, good luck this weekend. We'll see you on, on Monday for the latest edition of the Most Accurate Podcast.